Well, kia ora and welcome everyone to the Kiwi Running Show. And man, have we got some exciting things on the horizon and, and just gone. So we've got a lot to talk about, Stefan. How are you going over there, over the ditch? Are you keeping well? Yeah, I'm keeping good. Weather's starting to rise at the moment, so um, not as hot as what it's going to be in Doha for the world champs, but getting pretty warm. I know, right? And then they're, they're talking, talking this up, eh? Like it's just going to be that marathon especially and the 50K walk will just be like mm. death marches. <laughs> be snipers in the bushes. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I saw, I, I saw the, the AC must be working pretty good inside the stadium though. They're saying temperatures are around like 18 to 20 degrees inside the stadium just from that the AC yeah. they got in there, which is pretty impressive. Impressive, yeah. I didn't I wonder, think it'd be that good. Do you think they'll crank up? Surely they'll let it warm up for the sprints. Like, would that just be for the ten k? Yeah, they, I don't. Yeah, I, um, I don't. I don't know. I'm more worried. I'm more worried about the carbon footprint that things leaving on the, on the earth. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It does seem a bit excessive. It's like athletics has always been run oh, the like, weather, right? Like massive. Yeah, yeah. They're like massive. Um, Jet engines, you should see them, man. They're huge. Serious. Right? Have, have the world, world champs somewhere else, man. Doha is a ridiculous location. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what the crowd's like, eh? Like if people travel just to spectate or whether it's. Because um, you see oh, some. Have you, have you not seen. Have, have, you not, have you not seen that news? No, no. That, so, so 10, 10 day event, 50,000 yeah. tickets have been sold. Oh. So it's like averages like five thousand a day for a fifty thousand seat stadium. Oh, so not it's very such good. It's a shame, eh? When you think of like when London had it, um, it's just like the cranking atmosphere. Any like Beijing and I know all these places that have held at Osaka, like um, oh, I think it's just a real shame. Yeah, and. You see it with almost yeah, every sporting event that gets taken to that part of the world. Like, there's enough money to bring it there, but it's like, does it really do that much for the sport? I don't know. I don't know. Uh, anyway, yeah. we, we, <laughs> let's or, not. Or does, or does it even, or does it even do anything for the economy if there's like no one going to watch the events? You know, it's like, yeah, well, yeah. where was the investment and what's the return? Uh, we'll talk sure. about that that later in the show. Exactly. <laughs> So first up, we, we need to recap a bit of news, and the main news was the New Zealand Road Champs, which I was um, privileged to be up there on, on the mic, calling people through for, for their national titles, and um, it was a cool, cool day out. Um, flat as a pancake course, except for one, one little rise. I'm sure the runners will hate me for saying it's flat as a pancake. It looked flat as a pancake from my angle, but apparently there was a little hill on the back part of the course. Um, but let me run through the winners before I get to the senior men's and women's. So we'll start with the women's and men's under 18. And uh, so Isabella Richardson took out the women's under 18 5K. Um, and then the, the big one in the men's under 18 over the 6K was Andre Hernandez, who took down Sam Tanner's record for the 6K um, in 1836, so averaging what's that 306 per K, so solid running. And bear in mind, like all the times on the day were, were pretty slow, um, for the top runners anyway. Um, 
like we'll get to Aaron Pulford and, and the other guys from the 10K, but I felt like you could easily take off 30 seconds off their time and it would be a better representation of their, their time. But yeah, sort of twisty, twisty course. And um, I think that may have had a part to play with it being a bit slow. Uh, but anyway, so Andre and Andy. So why, so why, so why, so why was, why was Andre not phased by it? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah. Um, and I don't know how old that record is because I know that um, age groups in the junior ranks have been changing a lot over the last few years. So I don't know how long that 6K record's been around. So, but to take down Sam Tan, yeah. that was just. Is that on? Ago, so. Is that on? Is it? Is that on that course? No. That same I, course. I assume it's just like the national, the championship time really that's bizarre i wouldn't even thought they'd have a time for that considering courses would change all the time yeah that's a good point maybe it is on the same course i don't know um but then it's one of those yeah. courses that could run be... by the sounds of things anyway yeah yeah no he ran really well and the other two runners who ran really well and completed the the infamous or the the famous the um the big winter double were Toby Golter and Kirsty Ray, who both won their respective under twenty races. So it was it was classic in the uh, the women's under twenty because they ran with the under eighteens and the masters women all together. And so there's this one shot of like, mm. Sally Gibbs, who's in her fifties, Kirsty Ray, who's like just this up and comer, like sensational junior. Um, and then soon to be senior, and then Isabella Richardson, um, sort of, you know, not long into her high school years, um, all running together, just like these sort of three generations running. Um, so Kirsty Ray just looked like she kind of waltzed through it. Well, she won by two minutes. So yeah, she she waltzed through a seventeen forty four five k, picking up the winter double with the road and cross country titles, and Toby Golter looking just as strong as ever, winning the 8K under 20 as well. And then, like I said, Masters, um, Sally Gibbs was only, uh, she was second only behind Kirsty Ray, uh, like overall in that 5K race. And she ran 1756. Mm. 1756, man. That's, I mean, that's the speed I'm doing my tempo runs at the moment, but she's, um, she's old enough to be my mother and I'm not young. So, um, man, she's such a legend. Um, and so then in the men's race, the, the men's master's race was really exciting, actually. Johnny McKee took the, took the race out in 33.05 for the 10K. So, yeah, solid racing from, from the old fellas. But the big focus was on the senior races. Um, and I've got to say, senior women's race, I was, I was a bit underwhelmed by, by the attendance. Like eight participants or eight finishes anyway is, um, is a little bit embarrassing for New Zealand wow. World Champs. Um, and so, yeah, just disappointing to see a lot of names that you would have expected there to be, to be missing. But I know it's a busy, busy calendar. It's hard for people to prioritise every, every race. But you would have expected more being in Auckland and everything. So, anyway, it was... Taken out by Katrina Andrew um, in 36.45. So I think that's her first ever national title. Um, and she won quite comfortably over Melissa Black in second in 38.07. Then Je- Jess Kickstra from Wellington in 38.41. Um, but then the, the big race, and this is in the men's race, this is where we did have 
uh, a really good quality field um, of local domestic distance runners. And going into it, I was thinking it'd be a three-way battle between, I was calling Dan Belchin, Josh Macy, and Aaron Pulford. But um, who, would, who was your pick? Uh, Stefan, were you, were you calling anyone before the race? Well, the way he's been going, I would have thought Josh Maisie, but he ended up pulling out, didn't he? Yeah. So I, I don't know if you saw anything on social media or heard what might have happened to him, but I think it was an injury yeah. issue or um, maybe a niggle. I don't, I don't think don't it was know. an injury because I, I, I saw on Strava he did a, a lengthened warm down. Um, and I saw someone comment saying he's probably getting in some angry case. <laughs> so so um, maybe like he got a bad stitch or who knows. I doubt it was an injury because his warm down was about 10K at 4 minute K. So Oh, wow. And if it was an, if it was an injury, it was something um, probably stupid to do after that. So I, yeah. I don't think it would have been an injury. So maybe something else going on. Um but yeah, but but gutting to see because he's been running, um, you know, under thirty minutes on the road over here for a couple Sorry. of races, so he's been yeah. going well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, so he was definitely one of my big calls, um, and I think it was about the four k mark because um, basically it looked like Aaron Pulford did a big move. Um, I think it was around sort of four k, maybe five k in, um, but it was more to the point. It was just the pack slowing down and the leaders slowing down, so early leaders were Michael Voss and Dan Belchin. Um, and then they just sort of started to fade. And um, we saw Aaron Pulford just run a really smart, even-paced race. Um, I think the the front guys came through in about 6.50, oh, not 6.50, 5.50 for 2K. Um, so they were well under yep. that 30-minute pace and um, then sort of drifted. Who was that off. leading? Was that, was that Voss and Maisie at the time, was it? I want to say Voss, but um, often when you're commentating, everything's a bit of a blur. So he, he stands out in my memory as being very present near the front, but I, I don't know who exactly was leading that first, first lap. Um, it was yeah. taken out nice and solid, though. Um, and then they yep. sort of settled down to more like three tens, and it was just a matter of Aaron Pulford just banging out three-minute Ks after three-minute Ks. Um, and so he came through for the win uh, convincingly by 19 seconds, so in a time of 30 minutes, 15 seconds. And that was 19 seconds ahead of Michael Voss. Um, so good to see him get up for silver. And then Dan Belchin couldn't repeat his silver from cross-country nationals and ended up with a 31.02 for third place. So... Yeah, it was it was great racing. Um, really enjoyed that senior men's race and also a lot of the, those junior and masters races, especially um, were very intriguing to watch. Uh, what else has been going yeah. on? Oh, have you got anything more to say before I cut you off? Yeah, I do. Um, more around, I guess I'm just confused each year with like the road has been dwindling in numbers for years, and it's mm. like why don't they move towards merging the New Zealand champs with a commercial event? Yeah. I think that's a I very smart idea. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know how, I, I can't imagine it's like that hard to arrange or organize, but um, 
you know, just get the masses involved. The masses then see the fastest guys in New Zealand, maybe get a bit more joining the club scene or getting more involved with running. Um, it's kind of like a win-win situation for both the recreational runner and the elite or, or the more serious runners, you know. It's just, I don't know. Yeah, I think that's well, a good way forward. So if anyone's listening to that, that has a bit of say in the way that that event goes. Is my idea. Well, I, I totally agree with that. And actually, when I was living in Auckland, I was I seriously contemplated. In fact, I got to the point of getting on Map My Run and drawing up the maps of where I wanted the Auckland 10K <laughs> to be. Because there's no... In New Zealand, we don't have any big 10K races. And I remember over in London, there's some massive ones, mm. like the British 10K. Um, like, how cool would that be? Like, downtown Auckland, and you could do it in Christchurch as well. Um, but I mean, ideally, yeah. it'd be good. To and it doesn't matter if it, and it doesn't matter if it has to be fast. Like, just race the people you got for the title. That's what they do in Australia. They, their national yeah. road champs were in were in Adelaide, but as part of a big fun run called the City to Bay or something like that. And yeah. you know, they get thousands of people lining up. But obviously, all the guys in the New Zealand like competing for the. Um, graded champs are just entered under club and then they compile the results at the end. It's pretty oh, easy to do. Totally. So my course is starts at Britomart and then runs out through sort of West Haven um, or through the Marina's America's Cup area, area then out to the bridge um, and back. And I think it's a, I think it's exactly a 10 K. I, I measured it out. It's either two laps or, or one lap. Can't remember off the top of my head a while ago, but uh, oh, it's so, so epic! Um, and just to yeah, like you say, take it to the people instead of athletics sort of living well, away. What they this. do with the half and the full? Yeah, exactly. What they do with the half and the full, and you could just do split by the grade, so that maybe um, obviously it probably becomes a bit hard in terms of the distances that they put on offer. Yeah. Um, but you could you could probably have anywhere from, um, you know, seniors up to masters doing a ten k and Everyone doing five k for the rest of the grades. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. yeah what? Why do a six k when it's nowhere else in the world? Yeah. Like, what is the point in that distance? Yeah. What is the point in a four and a six k? Uh, yeah. Answer that. Um, <laughs> or, or an eight k. Like, it's just it's ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, anyway. <laughs> I'm, I'm totally there. And why why are the women's under 20 doing 5K when the men's under 20 are doing 8K? That's, I, I'm all about equality in, in athletics anyway. We're, this is turning into a great rant show. Yeah. I'm loving or just, it. <laughs> or, or just making sense of things. Like, get with the times. Like, yeah, okay, yeah. we've run 6K since 1942. Who gives a crap? Like... <laughs> <laughs> get with what is happening in the world. Ch- change it up. Yeah. Get yeah. Oh, and so the thing is, man. everyone now understands the five k because of because of parkrun. Um, and so everyone's got exactly. well, not everyone, but ev- everyone who's some sort of a runner um, has got their five k best, and it's there on Strava. It's on yeah. The like someone that runs. Someone that runs. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. Someone that runs 24 minutes, that they look at someone that's going, say, 18 minutes, and they probably think they're a superstar. And, like, they, they know, they can gauge, they understand what is good. Yeah. And, like, it's easy to compare. Whereas you go 8K and they go, I've never run an 8K in my life. Um, it's, okay. 
like there's no relevance. It's just, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, exactly. it, it, it connects more people. It connects more people in the sport as well. There's more to it than just a distance and establishing that for a race. It's like all the other aspects around the sport that it, it can so, change as well in terms of, um, especially from the commercial standpoint. But yeah. anyway, we're going all day about that. <laughs> for sure. <laughs> um, in other New Zealand news, we also had um, Alice Mason, well, overseas news essentially. Alice Mason got fifth at the Sydney Marathon over near you. Did you get a little jog in for the Sydney Marathon, jump in the half or anything, Stefan? You're not, you're not back running not. yet? <laughs> no. No. Oh, I'm doing a bit of jogging, a bit of walk, bit of walk jogging. Walk jogging? Um, but that, that course... It, that course actually isn't um, – it's not overly quick either. No. So, uh, yeah. yeah, pretty pretty good result considering um, she came away with a PB from it, didn't she? Totally. Yeah, so she ran 238, Um And interestingly, she's run four marathons this year and she's PB'd in three of them. Um, so she won Christchurch, uh, PB'd there. I think she won uh, – not won. She came like 42nd or something over in Japan but still PB'd. Um, which is crazy. She ran like 240 and got 42nd female, which is so crazy. Um, but, yeah, so she's having a great Japan, year. Japan, though. Yeah. yeah. Did you yeah. see the results from their uh, – well, did you see the field in their Olympic trials um, for their marathon? Yeah. Uh, man. Yeah, it's like, it's like literally a who's who of Japanese running, like no plebs allowed. <laughs> yeah. I think it was like 22 sub 210 guys. Um, and I heard, yeah. heard a quote that that is, there were more guys, more sub 10 Japanese runners than there have been American sub 210 marathoners ever. ever. Something like that. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, they're pretty close. So. Yeah. Japanese yeah. marathon running, yeah. man. Wow. That, um, that marathon next year will be epic. Um, I'm very much looking forward to that. Um, it'll be hot though. Yeah, it's going to be another. It'll be be another hot one. Yeah, it was super hot for their trials. Yeah. Guy that guy that took out the um, race went through in like 63 minutes through the heart. Yeah. He just like capitulated like after 35k or something. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Was it the guy who beat? Um, going for it. Was it the guy who beat Zane Robertson um, who won it or got third or something? I feel like he got third. Uh, I think he was in the top three. Can't remember. Yeah. Um, anyway, back to New Zealand news. So the Tauranga Marathon. Tom Moyes. Um, I haven't heard that name for a while. So good to see Tom back in the back in the game. He took out two thirty five and uh, for the win. And then Mel Aitken, who seems to run race every every weekend. <laughs> I think she deserves her own little slot on this show because she's always winning something in this, this show. So she won the marathon <laughs> in 256. And I also have to give a big shout out to Grace McConaughey. Um, she won the half marathon outright. So she beat Stephen Lett to win the boys and girls race. So well done, Grace. So that was the time of 116.09 and put uh, 40, 46 seconds on Stephen Lett. So awesome running. Um, so we are going to take a little break and we're going to come back with an interview with the, the winner from the New Zealand Road Champs, Aaron Pulford. So uh, great to catch up with him after the race. So here is Aaron. 
so I'm privileged to be here with Aaron Pulford, the recently crowned national road champion. How does it feel, man? And congratulations. Pretty good. I've been always finishing second or third in the last couple of years, and it's yeah. finally good to get a win under my belt. Yeah, like tell us about last year. Um, annoying old Ollie Chignall comes past <laughs> and nabs the win by two seconds. So how did that feel? Oh, it was bit of an annoying race. Um, <laughs> it was very windy and yeah. I knew it'd kind of sit and sit the whole way. Yeah. Um, and then I was just obviously done too much leading and his kick was good but not, and just kind of pulled away. I, just, I was really hoping that he was going to be here this year to race him. I was looking yeah. forward to it. I was like, prepared really well but unfortunately after his long European campaign he didn't come and race which makes sense but I think I might be racing him and Cam Graves at the Auckland Half Marathon which we yeah so that should be a good race between the three of us yeah that was going to be my next question really like what's what's next on the card so Auckland Half Marathon have you have you done that before yeah I've won it before um um, yeah, so I'm not, it's still not 100% confirmed, but yep. yeah, I'll probably do that race, yeah, and then maybe Zodipek 10k or set up another 10,000, we'll be trying to run sub 29 on the track later on this year and get some, like, good pacemakers. Awesome. Yeah. And would that be Wellington? Is, no, it'd be silly to go and run a 10k in Wellington because of the wind. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, I might go down and do that one, but... Yeah. You know, if you're looking at running 28-45, you want to go and do it under lights and have a couple of days' flexibility with everyone there to say, like, hey, it's windy tonight, but it's going to be good tomorrow. We need to be ready to run tomorrow, not... Yeah, because yeah, when you're chasing okay. times, you've got to, it takes a lot of planning into it, opposed to just having some race yeah. where there's wind. Yeah, totally. Yeah, for sure. So um, we were talking on the live stream. Um, you ran, was it 29.15? Like... Seven years ago or something. Yeah, so um, my 10k PB is 29. Oh no, it's not my PB. Yeah. When I was 18, I ran 29.14. Yeah. And um, my best is 29.06, and I've done that. I've always run 29.06 or 29.09 several times at Zodopec. Yeah. Um, and then I kind of just lost a bit of interest in running, and people always say, "Oh, what happened to Aaron?" I just kind of just got bored of it. And then it was like last year when the twins kind of came back to New Zealand. They're like, oh, you know, kind of get back into it. And then um, started went to Kenya, and that kind of ignited the fame again. Work it, yeah. And was it that you just went running, or did you just dial the training back and just sort of run for fun? I was still run every day because I was kind of good at it. But I just kind of. I'd still do events and stuff, and just, yeah. but I was never... I've always was into other things as well, like spearfishing and hunting, and I'd do, like... I still do, like, running is, like, number three sometimes. Like, I'd sometimes skip training and go out, like, diving and stuff. Yeah, miss yeah. a Sunday run yeah. quite happily and go spearfishing for the day of the moment. <laughs> yeah, so um, I think it's important to have that sort of balance and not get caught up in heaps of training and stuff. Totally. Yeah. Um, yeah, choice. And tell us about that time. We'll get to today's race shortly, but tell us about that time over in Kenya. Um, how long were you there, and, and what did you what did you sort of do? So I was there in November, right through until March. Yeah. So it was a really long time. Um, I was just living in Merikatani's house or Zane's house. Yeah. While he was in Ethiopia training, and I was training Jake Jake Robinson's group and all of his training partners. It was the most amazing experience, and I'll definitely go back. Um, I learned so much from those guys, and I could 
kind of pick up the phone any time and call all those Kenyan friends and Jake as mentors and like pick their brains and just to see the way they train and like the level of professionalism yeah. um, was pretty cool. And also Kenyans like everyone thinks it's not all about running like they every weekend they'd go out to this bar and like have a good time and stuff and just the definition of between easy runs and hard runs. I don't think we or some Kiwis probably do it, but Kenyan is easy, easy is very easy. And when it's time to go hard, it's fucking hard. Like yeah, yeah. There's no like in between runs like kind of unnecessary. They really structure the training like when they know they're going to go fast. A couple of days before, it's like nice easy jogging, so you can nail that session. Totally. And how how easy is that? Are we talking four minutes per no. k or five minutes? Starting or? at six minute k's probably. <laughs> just shuffling full track suit. Yeah. And then you might average say four twenties for the whole run. Like most runs are progressive runs. You might start at five and a half minute k's and you might finish at three forty fives or three thirties. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, and long runs in Kenya... But you're feeling good by then, eh? Yeah, you're yeah, you're yeah, fully warmed yeah. up. And, and yeah. the long runs in Kenya are like more sessions, like you warm up for a long run. And that's why I find, probably overcooked myself slightly going into my marathon. Did like 140k run at 2,400 metres altitude at 335 per k. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, which is that's, that's a tough run. And also, um, it was when Jake kind of got back from injury. Um, he did a 35k run and I hung with him until 30k. And I yeah. averaged like 327s or something for wow. 30k. And that was kind of five weeks out from my race. And I mean, then, that's the speed that you, you ended up averaging for the race. Yeah, <laughs> but like with that altitude conversion and yeah. stuff, like that was a very good performance. And then ever wow. since those sort of performance, I just kind of got a little bit too tired because when we're working with our agent, Jake's agent, trying to find the race and the stuff, it was all up in the air. Like it would have been good to have a race lined up, mm. knowing when I was kind of going peak but we're just kind of doing sessions week in and week out not knowing where my race was and then the race kind of come up and at that stage I kind of started sleeping in the morning like and cancelling runs and pushing them out to like nine o'clock and stuff and that's just a sign of getting quite run down and tired it was a big stint away like in a foreign environment but yeah I never got injured or like stuff like that so if you look at that that was very good to handle that but yeah totally and now the the body's locked away those those training gains and it definitely paid off today. So, talk us through the race today because you um, who was it that took out Michael, it was Michael Voss, Voss took yeah. it out pretty um, strong at the start, but then um, you came through. When was it? About um, mixed up with all the different races, but maybe with, yeah. yeah, came through. Um, I was going off the splits of my GPS watch. And it said they were going to run like a 250-ish first K. And that's, if I was wanting to run like sub 29 or something today, I would have went with it. But I knew, yeah. not being disrespectful of those guys, that it might slow down. And I knew my limit. That I, didn't, I wanted to have a really strong last yeah. 5K. Yeah, it looked like you did run so first lap. So I just basically maintained the kind of pace that they kind of set. And then once I passed them, it kind of went a bit faster and I started to put the hammer down. I, my actual plan was to kick with 5K to go and try and reclose in like 14.45, 14.30 and just quite comfortably sit for the first 5K. I had heard rumours that Michael was going to go out quite hard and I was hoping that he was to kind of take Belch out with him because I knew Belch would follow. Yeah. And if they couldn't handle that pace, I've done a lot of like speed sessions, like two times 4K and stuff quite quick so I knew I was ready to run fast cool. but I wasn't prepared to do any leading like I 
I was going to back my kick today that yeah. I worked on. Yeah. Oh man, it sounds like that that plan just worked out perfectly. And yeah. And, and as you're coming through that last lap with a, a good old gap behind you, were, were you yeah, feeling pretty good? Yeah, I was feeling pretty happy. I was starting to get a bit of a stitch actually, and oh, so yeah. I kind of chunk a bit of water, and I was like, oh no, like. But I knew like if I had to slow down a bit, and Mike, like if it got real bad, if he caught me, I should be able to outkick him anyway. So no, it was, it was a good race, and he ran really well too. Like Michael Voss is yeah. a strong athlete; he's going to have a good marathon on Monday. Totally. Yeah. Yeah, exciting stuff. So, what's the plan from here? You you're going back towards the uh, a, a good solid ten thousand meter time over the summer, and a bit of a light week this week, and then back into it. Yeah, so I'll probably just muck around. I'll still train this week and a bit of fun. Yeah. Probably go spearfishing, hunting, and <laughs> yeah. do a bit of work, I suppose. Um, what do you do for work, by the uh, way? I'm a landscaper. Work for Timbercraft Landscapes down in Tauranga. Yeah, it's pretty fun. Yeah, so it's good, but it's pretty physical work, which kind of keeps you pretty fit as well. Um, yeah, so plan would be to run. I want to get my speed back like, and run a good 10K because it's crucial to run like a good marathon. You need to be a fast track runner. Like to run under 2.15, you need to be able to run, you know, 63 something for a half. To run 63 for a half, you need to be able to run like sub 29 10K. Yeah. To run sub 29 10K, you need to be like a 345, 1500-meter runner. You know, it's just yeah. a chain reaction that people kind of don't get yeah. caught There's up. There's that glass ceiling, eh? They just get caught up on running heaps of miles, yeah. but sometimes it doesn't work like that. Yeah, absolutely. Cool. And the the big long term goal is that marathon. Yes, yes. Um, especially the way that, like, in terms of qualifying for major team events and stuff. Now, like, you have to run twenty seven thirty or thirteen fifteen, and you know those top, those times are pretty pretty quick. And um, yeah, the marathons like at my age now, twenty eight seems like the most logical event to kind of. Go go towards yeah yeah and when you look at like your peers like Malcolm Hicks, Caden yes. um, Shields, yeah. um, Tony Payne running yeah, for Tony Thailand, yeah. it's like it's it's pretty encouraging seeing yeah. those other guys. He's now running that time, and you know like on paper some of my track times are faster than those guys, so there's no reason why that I can't be running those times as well. Totally. So it's encouraging to see that those guys, Caden and Malcolm, have made the World Champs team, which is really good. Yeah, awesome. yeah. Well, it's um, yeah, great to have you back, and I know there will be a lot of fans of yours who have been like ever since that that World Juniors performance um, so many years ago have been uh, excited to see this, this you get this national title. And, yeah, there's probably a lot of talk about me, like that junior guy. <laughs> Where's he gone? But yeah, no, kind of. I've always never really stopped running, but. Just need to kind of nail a couple more results. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. we will keep it up, and I'm um, looking forward to some exciting things over the summer. Cheers. Oh, and where where can people follow you? Are, are you very active on Instagram? And I'm kind of active on Strava. Like, yep. I kind of put all my stuff on there. Um, it's kind of I go go for phases when I make it private, and then I make it private. <laughs> Depends what race is coming up. Yeah. Well, I had a bit of a niggle, so I kind of didn't upload my last two weeks because I didn't want people to see that I was actually not doing runs and stuff. Yeah. Okay. Um, but yeah, no, I don't really post much on Instagram. Sometimes I do. Yeah. But yeah, don't have time to take photos while I'm training. You know? Yeah. 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 <laughs> totally awesome legend, man! And congratulations, and celebrate well after the big win today. Thanks heaps. Yeah. Cheers. <laughs> And we are back. So the big event on the calendar, which starts this weekend, is the World Champs in Doha. It's going to be a hot and sticky one, well, for those running outside of the stadium. So, Stefan, who have we got lining up? Because there's been some, some controversy around the selections, and this time, Athletics New Zealand had nothing to do with that <laughs> controversy. So who have we got? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, I mean, we got, I believe, 10 athletes uh, yeah. in the field. Um, and yeah, in track and field, uh, and on um, the track, I believe we've got uh, Camille Buskin, who I think she's doubling five and ten k. Yeah, so she um, was originally in five, life. Um, and she got the call up to join. Oh, originally in the, for the team, roll down, yeah, yeah. So that's cool. Yeah. So uh, the tens first. Yeah, so, so she should she should go well. She's been a yeah. She, she's obviously been a consistent performer over the years, but. Um, yeah, it's going to be really about getting, I guess, um, your pacing and tactics right in that heat and trying to navigate your way through that and the competition altogether because there's always um, a couple of guns up front who will try and test the waters a bit. Um, so yeah. I'm looking forward to seeing how she goes after having probably just like a steady year for her. Um, nothing kind of like um, big big PB-wise for her, but just been con- consistent. Um and then also in the in the running events, um, which I'm uh, really excited to see is the I guess the resurgence of the marathon with both um, Malcolm Hicks and Caden Shields who are debuting the senior New Zealand singlet as well, totally. um, and that is going to be a ridiculous marathon to run. <laughs> um, <laughs> Yeah, I, I can I can see a lot of the field dropping out of that race, and hope, hopefully they're not um, part of that casualty. But it's going to be a really tough day, I think, for those guys. So um, can you imagine doing some heat tra- heat training in Cyprus? Uh, yeah, hopefully can that prepared them as as best as possible. Can you imagine the nerves that you'd have? Like, how do you wake up in the morning knowing that you've got a midnight race? <laughs> I'm like. Just, I get nervous enough when you've yeah. got like two hours before your marathon starts um, in the morning. But and I used to hope, hate waiting for waking up a bit race. later in the day. <laughs> yeah, it's like you almost yeah. want to go back to bed and then do breakfast at the, like eight at eight pm or something. Yeah. I don't and, know. Oh. and just the just the heat in itself is enough. Like I've I've raced in thirty five degrees before, but the humidity wasn't as bad. Yeah. But it's like you just. You're not even – you're just sitting there prior to your warm-up going like, oh, this is not going to be good. And it's like it's real hard to get your, your mindset positive for a race in that heat. It's, um, totally. That will be the biggest challenge, I think. Yeah. But that, sh- that should be exciting at the same time. It's a bit of a shame we um, obviously didn't get to see kind of Zane and Jake there as well, like two um, – Really, obviously, high quality athletes, but um, yeah, I've have obviously you heard what's, um, why well, Zane's pulled out. I, well, I haven't heard why Zane has. Um, I know Jake kind of had a few niggles and stuff that yeah. seems to be getting right now, but um, I don't know. I mean, I wouldn't blame them either. Who in their right mind would want to run a marathon over in Doha? <laughs> <laughs> not me it's <laughs> classic isn't it yeah um, yeah and then um we don't uh, really have any other distance runners um well uh, this this year round um this brings us to that the big controversy which was nicholas was thought to get the invitation because he was the, the, the qualification um, system is so confusing. Um, so essentially, if you run the qualifying time, which I think was 3.36 or faster, um, yeah. you was basically an auto-qualifier, assuming you're um, 
your governing body chose you or you, you, you won your chance yeah. or whatever. Um, for New Zealand, obviously, it's just you're basically straight in. Um, and then if you miss that standard, then it came down to a ranking situation, so being inside that top 45. But the thing that no one foresaw was that there's these kind of wild card slots that get thrown out to countries with only one one sort of good athlete who doesn't meet the standard or meet any other criteria to make sure they have someone there. I was going to say, I was going to say though, they've they've always had those wild card things. Those have always kind of been around and chucked them in. And I I don't know, I I agree and disagree with the current standard. Like I agree the points in the ranking system is really weird, but at the same time, Mate, if you ran the standard, you're going to go. And unfortunately, Nick just hasn't had a strong year. Yeah. He just, it's just, it's just the way things go. And it's like, well, that's sport, you know. You can't, it's, these are the best guys in the world. And he's got a um, sharp ready. And he's, he kind of obviously came into his own a bit near the end of the season and ran, um, won the New York um, fifth half mile. But I mean, even that the field was okay. It wasn't like super strong. Um, yeah. I mean, definitely that, wasn't definitely. any of the other kind of regular guys from the Diamond League circuit um, racing there. Totally, um, yeah. And it's just kind of something he has to move ahead with. And um, I think he's turned it into a good positive in that he's, yeah. he still wants to run and go to Tokyo. And hopefully it almost gives him a better opportunity to come out firing with a bit more hunger for next year. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I think what I, my problem with it is just how unclear for everyone it is. Like if they said for every event, we allow up to an additional, let's say three entrants, sort of those wildcard lines, but they're sort of separate. So at least for, because it's so mm. weird a week out from the event starting, it's hot, it's, throwing out yeah, these yeah. entries. And, and it's sort of, and, and it's certainly harder for those athletes on the cusp, I think, the ones like yeah. coming through um, yeah. because because of how, yeah, just having to kind of chase points because you might not get the qualifier, so you're kind of hoping to get through on a roll down. Yeah. Um, which is, yeah, I guess where they have the, the times is the, the, the most clear cut kind of thing. You just got to go out and get the time really. The yeah. end of the day. <laughs> and like you say, it, I, I think it is a blessing in disguise for Nick because let's be honest, best case scenario off the season he's had would be to make the final and that's kind of yeah, it really. Um, making the semis. Yeah, making yeah. the semis was going to be tough. Yeah. So yeah. why not Yeah, call the season oh. a day and then build up for your final ever which we assume will be his final ever Olympics. Don't write it off. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, he's not getting any younger. And he did, he did point out a stat the other day that he ran 335 at, oh, 334 at 34 years of age, 335 at 35 years of age, and 336 at 36 years of age. So oh, <laughs> hopefully he can, um, hopefully he can break that trend for next year when he's 37, because he'll have to run quicker than that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I hope yeah. he's around still I'm, running I'm, I'm, miles when he's when he's forty, so he can set some good um, <laughs> good mile um, masters, fifteen hundred meter best. Yeah, yeah. Um, anyway, yeah, so keep, keep the young guys honest. <laughs> the other guys we've got lining up, of course, is the exciting thing is we've got two, three sprinters. Um, 
who would have thought non-middle yeah. distance runners and we've got three sprinters lining up. So we've got Edward, I say Nikita, um, and then we have Zoe Hobbs in the hundred and the 200. And then we have good old, uh, Portia Bing in the 400 hurdles. So how cool is that? Yeah, it's surely got to be a first for a while. Yeah. Um, but yeah, really, really cool. I'm, I'm really excited to see how, um, yeah, both Eddie and Zoe go and um, Portia as well. I think um, she's got a great opportunity to improve herself over the hurdles and you know, she's so new to the event. Like She could be one to watch for Tokyo next year in terms of how she progresses. Um, certainly if she starts running under you know, in the, that 40, uh, in the 54 kind of second region, that's, um, yeah, probably going to get you close to being a finalist. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so she's she, got a best she, of really 55, exciting, then obviously. Eight. Um, and yeah, yeah, world record is 52.2. So, um, only three seconds. That's yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's a long, long way over one lap. But <laughs> yeah, the, the thing with the four hundred frame, I don't think. Yeah, the thing with the four hundred hurdles, though, like there's so many variables, and the number of times you see people go down or just get jelly legs in that last hundred is so. If she mm. can run a smart race and just you know um, let the yeah. others pull her along, but I don't think it's out of the question. Yeah, yeah, I don't think it's out of the question to see her go down into the low 54s over the next year and a bit, that's for sure. Yeah. Like, because well, she's of the new event, the, the sport, like the, her set, her set, yeah, the ceil- her ceiling's really high. Yeah. Um, so yeah, if she, if she can get down to that low 55s at this chance, that'd be great as well. So that would probably get her in a semi. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then our throwers, obviously, our, um, yeah. the, our big shot putters, they're going really well. It's awesome to see Jacko kind of well, back to his best ever. He's from PBs. <laughs> um, yeah. Just really, really great to see after such a tough few years. So the guy has been through hell and back with the types of injuries that he's had. Um, so really good to see that. Um, obviously himself and Tom will um, be throwing against some exceptional throwers really at the moment. It's just super strong. Got plenty of guys throwing over 22 metres. Yeah. Oh, it's so deep, eh? Like, you can't really call it. Um, but I think Tom's – I would be surprised if Tom doesn't pick up a medal. But, um, man, he's definitely no no shoo-in for the win. Like, I think Ryan Krauser's got the, the best this nah. year. And the, yeah. the Polish guy, Bukowski, he just threw, like, a massive 22 shot the other week. So, man, it's um, very competitive. Um, the other thing yeah. is um, Maddie Waish is, or is it Waishi? I always forget. Um, but she's the world under twenty champion, um, so it'll be interesting to see how she steps mm. up to the seniors. Um, I think she's just twenty, yeah. so I think if anything, this is a good chance for her to see how she she can play that mental game, being the, the world stage. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, I, well, she's throwing her... 18 and a half metres or so. So she'll need to um, probably at least try and, you know, start thinking about medals and stuff. She'll need to probably add a metre to that. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, she's uh, definitely on the right um, trajectory and has a pretty good uh, female um, 
to like a um, role model to to follow suit. So I'm yeah. sure she'll be one to watch over the next few years. Absolutely, and we've also got uh, Julia Ratcliffe. So she's the Commonwealth champion. Um, something that we often forget, eh? Um, with the hammer throw, so she'll be lining up for mm. another world champ. I think she's done a second. Yeah, this will be her second world championship appearance. And then we've got the walkers. So Quentin Rue and Alana Barber, uh, both doing the twenty k, and then brutal 50k for Quentin which is September 29 so we're recording this on Friday 27th so man good luck uh, Quentin <laughs> that's uh, that's going to be a fun time <laughs> man uh, but again mm. like if, if you do a smart race um, there will be guys popping like crazy in front of you uh, so he's he's actually done fifth, five successive world champs which is amazing. Um, I remember when he first burst on the scene with that infamous forwards roll across the finish line to win his oh, DQ, his first national title, I should say. Um, but, yeah, so five world champs for Quentin, and he's done three successive top 16 finishes. So let's see if he can crack that top 16 again. Um, keep the yeah, nice. the walking dream alive for the Kiwis. Um, yeah, yeah. Another uh, another um, newbie as well, which is really cool to see in the high jump, um, was Tamish going oh, two thirty this yeah. year, which is obviously getting up there. Um, it's crazy how many. I, I was like, man, that's really good jumping. I'm going to go see where this guy's ranked. But yeah, so many have jumped two thirty. Two thirty, it was ridiculous. Like oh, literally all, all bang on two thirty, yeah. and I guess. And I guess that's what you forget about with like events like high jump and stuff. It often comes down to a centimetre, you know, separating yeah. so many. But it's like, you know, the highest, highest jump in the world this year, I think, is like five or six centimetres higher than him. And it's like, Crazy, eh? that's the difference between one one and like 17th. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like, yeah, I think he's, I think he's ranked ar- around that top 16 kind of mark um, out of the 20 or so um, starters. So... Yeah, really, really cool and be awesome. Yeah, if you can improve on that and um, be a bit of trans Tasman rivalry with um, Brennan Stark as well, who's jumping really well for Australia. Yeah, absolutely. He's um, got the great Game of Thrones name, um, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah. Oh man, I'd be so stoked to like. He's only twenty three years old, so. I'd be so stoked to see him just improve that PB, and if he does, if he can improve on two thirty, that would genuinely put him definitely in a top eight position, um, if not get him up towards the the medals. So, and like you say, the world yeah. leads only like two thirty five, two thirty six, or something. Yeah, isn't he only like one or two centimeters off the New Zealand record? Yeah, I'm so sure he has equaled the New Zealand two, record. Um, Oh, is it? Yeah. Oh, okay. I thought it was like I thought it was two thirty two or two thirty one, but yeah, okay. Wow. Yeah. So awesome. gutted that you didn't put it at two thirty one with that. <laughs> anyway, I don't yeah, know. It's how, only one how... centimeter. What's wrong with you? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> they should just <laughs> slow motion it and like, yeah, we can call it another centimeter. <laughs> just, just work out the gap <laughs> yeah. between yeah, him and the, the bar. If you put a laser across, yeah, if you put a laser across and at this height, he would have cleared it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, so cool. It's a well-rounded, despite the lack of middle distance action, it's a well-rounded team we're, we're sending over. Um, and mm. I just, it's crazy to think that in Rio we had three guys in the 1500 and now we've got no one in the 1500, no one, well, we've got Camille Buscom ended up in the 5K, but, yeah, no one in the 800. Um, that's That's a bit disappointing from a a middle distance fan myself, but next year, let's hope it's turned around and we get some of these young guys coming through and girls and um, hopefully we can get some more black singlets on the line. So if you're listening and you're targeting Tokyo, we're, we're totally right behind you. So um, yeah, this show is getting quite long, so we should probably wrap it up. And we have one more interview to dive into. So I, I actually caught up with Michael Dawson, who is a top domestic 800-meter runner, um, but he's also the man behind the lens of many of the um, amazing photography that's coming out in New Zealand running. Um, you might have seen it from a lot of Athletics New Zealand events. Um, he's one of the guys taking those cool photos and great Instagram account. So um, cool to catch up with him and learn how to take a good running selfie. So we'll dive into that, but thanks Stefan for tuning in as always. And um, yeah, thanks everyone for, for listening. Happy running. So I'm really, really happy to have uh, Michael Dawson here with me um, of te- a Tempo Shot. I was about to say Tempo Fit, <laughs> <laughs> which is my coaching brand. Um, but you are a photographer and a yep. runner. And yep. um, for those that follow you on, on Instagram, the social medias, um, you're, uh, people will have seen some incredible shots of, of, of running that you've been doing. So I really want to sit down with you and, and discover how this, this thing joining these passions of of photography and, and running came about. So, shall we start first of all with the running side of things? Like, when did when did running become a thing for you? Yeah, so I've I've always kind of run. Um, I started off at my local junior club, Hillsborough Junior Athletics, when I was a wee little kid. Um, so back through from when I was kind of four all the way through the age groups, did all the Colgate games, and then got to high school and started becoming a little bit more competitive around kind of that 800, 1500 meter distance. Cool. Um, ran through high school with my coach at the time, Bruce Jones, yeah. um, and won a junior national title at schools and then a senior Wicked. national title in my last year for the 800. Nice. Uh, and both for the 800? Yeah, yeah. So I Wicked. won the, the junior eight in my fifth form and then the senior eight in my seventh form, so my last year. Man, that's epic. Yeah. Is so that, a, that a good feeling? To, yeah, to that race. Because that's right at the end of the year, eh? You yeah, might, it was the last day I did for the school. Like, I, I went to Auckland Grammar, so wow. um, it was great to have. We had, a, I think, a team of 40 boys down there. So, um, yeah, that was probably one of the highlights of my, my career so far. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then just kind of continued through uni, and now finished uni, I've kind of decided that I want to take a bit more of a focus on, on the running side of things while yep. I can, while I'm youthful, and kind of spend the time to kind of make the most of... I kind of, I guess, my abilities and kind of the foundation and group I have with me. So totally, yeah, cool. And eight hundred is that still your? Yeah, your so eight hundred's yeah. still the go-to. I think we'll be seeing a few more fifteen hundreds coming in in the yeah. next year it's or so. Inevitable. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah. I mean, I really just want to kind of tap out the eight hundred and get to a point I'm happy with before I deep dive into the fifteen and the slightly different training that entails. So, yeah. yeah. So let's talk numbers. What's what's your what are you what's your best? For the eight. Um, so my current best is uh, 150.9. So nice, yeah. not 
I'd like to be significantly faster than that. Yeah. I, I think I, I probably should be based on how I train. train. I just haven't been yeah. racing very well recently. And then the 1500s a little bit, a little bit slower. It's a, a 356. So yeah, um, but so, lots yeah, of room there. Bit, bit of endurance to add to that mix. And, yeah. and are you more of a speed based runner? Like, a, a, were you always quick, sort of over 200, 400? Yeah, yeah. Yep. So I'd definitely say I'd probably come from more of a speed background rather than an insurance background. Yeah, like, yeah. Uh, yeah. But I uh, say that I do enjoy going out for your, your ninety-minute long run on Sunday cool. and um, all that good stuff. So. That's a rare thing from a sort of <laughs> yeah, four-eight yeah. four, guy <laughs> saying that. What, incidentally, what's your best over four hundred? Have you had uh, any standalone thoughts? Haven't run one in a couple of years. The last one I ran was a, a forty-nine mid, so yep. uh, nice to have one under fifty. But yeah. I'm sure there's good opportunity this season to probably run a couple so yeah so we go often when you're a middle distance runner the 400s like this afterthought then yeah. you just i'll do that i just did a 1500 like an hour ago so yeah. <laughs> and then you have to remember how you use blocks and, yeah yeah um, <laughs> i used to use blocks when i was 14 and yeah doesn't really work out too well but <laughs> it's always good yeah. the blocks is a hindrance so <laughs> yeah. i should have just stood up just at, standing at start, start yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah, and the old middle distance run, or the distance runners start like um, both um, both arm, both legs same. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> wrong classic. arm forward. Yeah, classic. So, um, so that's your running background. Where, yep. When did you start to get into this world of of photography and and all that? Um, it was pretty near the end of high school, so yep. uh, 2013. Um, I kind of picked up my first camera. I was, I'd, Kind of just really sure. interested, and I've always kind of had an interest in kind of like the media and video side, yeah. which I've done through like school and stuff. So it was cool to kind of pick it up and then find like a kind of a small niche to kind of practice and get better at it, and kind of yeah. develop from there. And then I started kind of becoming getting into more professional side of it once I entered uni. Yeah. Um, so I guess I'd say I've probably been working professionally for maybe two years now um, at a level I'm happy with. And are you just self-employed or um, Uh, yeah, so contract work? Self-employed, a little bit of kind of contract work for some people and I've just come off a six-month contract where I've been working in-house at Essex. Awesome, Um, So that's been a great learning experience and great opportunity to kind of get in there and kind of see how a big brand yeah. these down ticks. And, and so that's producing content for Essex? Yeah, so it was in a, it was in a marketing role, so I was doing a lot of retail Wicked. marketing. Um, yeah. I, I looked after our casual brand, so that was Essex Tiger and Onosuka Tiger, um, yeah. and a little bit of the events marketing as well. So. And are we officially calling it Essex, not Asics? What's the, what's the uh, in-house? Well, in-house I think it's Essex um, in New Zealand, but I... I Definitely think the correct pronunciation is probably Asics, but yeah. um, we'll just keep the Kiwi as It's there. like Nike, yeah. For years it was Nike in New yeah. Zealand, and then we suddenly switched. Um, Adidas. We're, Adidas. Yeah, I think we're going to stick with Adidas, so that's, yeah. that's stuck. And, yeah, that's different. And that's how the Germans say it, isn't it? Adidas? Adidas? Adidas. I don't yeah. know. <laughs> who knows? Who knows? Anyway. Um, awesome, because uh, I, I come from a like skateboarding, surfing background, yep. and photography for those sports has always been a massive thing. Like yeah. especially skateboarding, and I think like um, there's a whole sort of almost photography style that came out of like skateboarding, yep. Like, yep. the architecture and setting up cool lighting, and yep, it was almost sure. like I remember going out for skates with mates, and you were just there to try and get the most cool epic photo. Yeah, yeah. Um, but running like presents this amazing opportunity. Like I saw a photo you took today of like this reflection in the pond um well a, a puddle yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> but it, it made for this beautiful shot where you got this morning light on the on the race walkers and um 
Um, yeah, do you, do you kind of look at the, the different ways that you can capture the, the moment of, of running? Yeah, I guess it's definitely a, a, one of the challenges of running. I mean, it's very a linear yeah. sport, um, and it's the same motion over and over again. So there's, there's yeah. lots of room for you to be creative as a photographer and not have to rely so much on kind of your subject to create interest. Yeah. Um, I spend a lot of time kind of watching and looking at photos from some of the overseas photographers who are in the running community. There's yeah, some cool. really good um, photographers coming out of the States at the moment who are doing some really unique stuff, especially with their kind of their street run crews they have over there. Yeah, nice. Um, yep. Doing some more like edgy kind of street style stuff. Interesting with running, yeah. angles. and Yeah, you know. and just a really different way looking at it. You think of sports photography and you think of very bland kind of... Crossing the finish line. Crossing the finish the line, yeah. well exposed, like... Yeah. And it's just a clean photo, which is great if you're a newspaper, but when you're looking for something different or if you're a, a different publication or social media or something, it's nice to kind of change things up every mm. now and then. I mean, people who run, they're always looking for photos, and if it's the same photo of them running along the track every time, it gets a little bit boring. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And do you get um, any requests from, like, professional runners or, or like... Managers of of runners to take photos for their like for their social media. Yeah, so I was in uh, Europe last year for a couple yep. of months, um, based in Belgium, and I was lucky enough to be at one of the meets that uh, Shabby Hulian uh, broke the American five k record at. So okay, yeah. I was had a few emails very quickly from her management and the Bowman Track Club asking if they could use my photos and from there it's led to a lot of other athletes asking me if I'll be at other meets and stuff so it's definitely been kind of a snowball effect from that but um, you get at least so in New Zealand just based on them being less professional athletes here so yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Oh, it's, it's such a cool thing and like for your like your dream um, career would it be to follow like a, a team around Europe for a summer and um, train when you can and, and take photos when, when you're not training yeah that would definitely be the dream, like I mean, yeah. tried to do it last year when we were on holiday. On holiday, we were kind of running and training, and yeah. kind of taking some photos at the same time, so that worked out really well. Um, but definitely looking at some more supported travelling with some brands and stuff, and it's just a matter of making those partnerships more valuable and um, finding the right people who need those photos. For so cool. Any tips for people? And, and this is sort of the last question to wrap it up. Any tips to how to get that perfect running photo? Because there's kind of this moment where you you look amazing. You're sort of going yeah. up in the air, and then you're coming down, and you look like 20 years older. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you just really need to avoid that, that downstep moment. Like, yeah, it's just a horrific time of day. Like, <laughs> yeah, no one looks in a downstep. So that's that's the easy number one tip, and then yeah. number two tip is what is never shoot from your eye level. That's what everyone looks at. Okay. So yep. change up your height and then what you're taking your photos from and yeah. you'll be away laughing. Because let's be honest, most people are setting their phone up on, like they've got a piece of wood that they're leaning their phone against, putting it on the 10 second yep. timer. <laughs> so that's probably sorted because most people aren't carrying an eye level tripod exactly. their, yeah. Yeah. their runs. Um, yeah, any tips for, for the, the perfect selfie, the perfect running selfie? Well, I can't say I've taken too many running selfies in my life, so um, I might have to tap out on that question. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, yeah it's such a fun thing um i remember i was out, i was out on a run um just the other day actually and it was i i put my phone up and i was like oh this is the perfect spot running over a hill running running past the the little light starts flashing yeah. then the wind blows it oh. <laughs> blows it over and i'm like ah oh, flag it <laughs> <Awesome>. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah. Well, thanks for thanks for joining us, and um, well done for another big day of photos. Yeah, thank um, you so much. And where can people follow you? Find out more about what you're doing. Uh, so the best place would be uh, two of place, two places. Yep. Uh, Instagram. So I'm at michaeldawson.nz, and my website, which is michaeldawson.nz. Yeah. Awesome. Well, I encourage people to go and check it out. Have a good constant feed of quality running photos on their stream. So yeah, legend. Keep up the good work. Thank you so much.